And good Monday morning, getting back as we wrap up draft weekend. Uh, finally have a chance to post my thoughts and what I feel is going on. Uh, a cold, well, a cool, windy morning out here in Las Vegas, but it has been a fun weekend. Uh, so, draft. Uh, I am also one of those, if you've heard, that doesn't like to grade drafts because I think you can't grade it for at least another two, maybe three years, depending on the position and depending on the team that the actual players go to because if they go to a bad team, we might actually not see the effects of the draft for about another two or three years. I think the key, though, of course, you have to pay attention to is who did they get? Who did the team get? that can either help them right away or they have a good uh, reputation for developing and so a player is going to do very well there so they're going to just continue to get or be good so they're not getting players that they don't develop well to where they're getting a great college player at a certain position but it doesn't matter because they don't use them effectively so I would say a a prime example of that right now is as much as I love the uh, Justin Fields pick to Chicago Uh, The fact is they haven't had a great quarterback in Chicago since, what, Sonny Jorgensen? Like, way back in the day? Uh, You know, McMahon was serviceable, and I know Cutler had his moments, but they didn't have a great quarterback. So you can't, you know, basically give them the benefit of the doubt that this team that moved up to get Mitchell Trubisky is going to be able to do well with these this talent this talent named Josh uh, Justin Fields, so I would say they're one of those like okay yeah they got a great player but how are they going to use him? So again, it goes back to a lot of different things. So giving grades, you know, I think that's the content. It's clickbait. You know, I'm not. I don't want to create content or clickbait. I want to give thoughts and rationalizations for how I think certain uh, certain things and certain concepts on the draft. I will talk about a few things though of basic kind of categories as I was making some lists. I think that there are teams that always draft well. Teams that draft well over the past few years continue to draft well. Baltimore is the prime example. Baltimore just keeps getting good players. I felt the Rashawn Bateman uh, pick might be a reach. And again, it goes back to how well they can develop Lamar Jackson as a passer, but talent-wise, he's there. This goes back to what I was saying about developing players. They can get these all these good receivers, but if Lamar Jackson can't prove to be a good passer, it's not going to matter what type of receivers they have. But they do draft well. They have good players. Uh, to give, I'm one of those guys that thinks Jerry Jones drafts well, uh, especially more lately in the past five to seven years. He's drafted well. Uh, he's made smart picks. He hasn't let uh, ego or flash really kind of dictate what he wants to do. He's let the draft come to him. He's made smart trades when needed. You know, perfect example, in 2014, he wanted Johnny Manziel, but Betterment or people around him told him, no, take Zach Martin. He took Zach Martin. Zach Martin's going to be a pro bowler. Johnny Manziel is still a sideshow. Uh, Buffalo continues to draft well under the Sean McDermott 
regime. I think the 49ers draft very well. I would say the only mistake they made is a few years ago. And of course, and everyone passed on Patrick Mahomes. They also passed on Deshaun Watson and they drafted CJ Beathard late in the fourth, third or fourth round. But they continue to draft well. So again, teams that are successful and have been successful, you know, continue to draft well. Kansas City continues to draft well. They just make smart picks. Uh, I actually think Denver drafts really well other than figuring out the quarterback position. John Elway has done a great job. He just can't find a quarterback. And that's odd, but maybe he's trying to compare him to himself. I don't know. Uh, Who had unusual drafts? Uh, The Giants, I think they reached a little bit uh, early for Tony. I think he's a good all-purpose player out of Florida, but I think they probably could have gone in a different route and gotten actually a a more true receiver. Uh, instead of a kind of a plug-and-play third-down back slot guy. I really felt they could have done a little bit better in that realm in the first round, but their depth was really good. Uh, I think the only reason I'm going to say both Denver and Carolina went unusual, even though I've said that Denver drafts well, I do think they draft well, but it was unusual is this is a team that can't get the quarterback right, and they had opportunities to get either Mac Jones or Justin Fields, and they passed both teams. So Carolina must really think Darnold is the guy. They're going to play out this one year, and if they have to sign him again at more money next year, they're going to have to. I think Indy's picks were very safe. Uh, But again, I still really think that they need to get more dynamic on the outside. So we'll see how that happens with the receiver picks. And New Orleans was just weird. Uh, I think there's a, a big old change of the regime there going down. Uh, of course, with Drew Brees retiring, you know, their belief in Taysom Hill as a quarterback, where I think many people think that Taysom Hill is a gimmick. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, what's going to happen in the long term there and how they're going to actually explore that, what's their offense going to look like, you know, this you know, as opposed to a fantasy thing. What's Alvin Kamara's fantasy value going to be along with Michael Thomas with Taysom Hill as the quarterback? You know, that's probably going to take a huge hit. And so it's something to think about. Teams that draft poorly continue to still draft poorly. Uh, Houston is a a mess. I like Arizona's Rondell Moore pick in the second round. But other than that, I thought they was a reach for the Kentucky linebacker. But they might be just trying to get a bunch of uh, athletes out there at the linebacker position and just let them roam. They're like hybrid linebackers and strong safeties. I think the Jets just take a lot of risks. I think the Zach Wilson risk, you know, we're going to see what happens with the kid. They fell in love with him. They like him. They're going to have to protect him. I think they went for Elijah Moore a little, well, I shouldn't say about Elijah Moore. I think I'm hit and miss on him. I think Elijah Moore was going to be a steal, but... I just, again, I just think they took too many risks. They didn't get what they need. They needed to basically protect him all the way around. They did a, you know, they signed, they have Jameson Crowder. They signed Corey Brown. I think they had decent receivers. I didn't think they needed to waste the draft pick on that, a player that, even though he's going to be dynamic, they, they needed to keep Zach Wilson upright. They should have gone offensive line as all the whole, the rest of every other pick. The Raiders reach early, and the Raiders reach early for players from Alabama and Clemson. Uh, Leatherworth is good. I thought they drafted him early. I'm one of those as well. I'm not just, that's my rhetoric. I'm, I agree with the rhetoric. 
you know, I'm not just copying everyone else's rhetoric. I totally agree because he never stood out on the on an Alabama offensive line. He played three years, but he was also the guy that might have just been a guy there for three years and never was dominant for three years. He just worked so well together because he was playing alongside NFL linemen. And I think Cincinnati should have flipped their first two picks. They took the flashy receiver, Jamar Chase, to pair him with his former quarterback, but they need to protect Burrow, and I think they should have flipped him. They should have gotten the lineman early, Penny Sewell, and got a receiver later in draft. It's been proven more and more that receivers are able to be found in drafts later. I think Green Bay and the Aaron Rodgers thing is full of spite and pride. Again, the first pick for Green Bay is a a cornerback, the second best cornerback out of Georgia. Not getting receivers to the third pick when they finally got Amari Rodgers out of Clemson. Just, you know, they just have a very volatile relationship, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, and they just keep trying to, like, dig the knife deeper towards each other. I think Pittsburgh, really, as much as Najee Harris is going to be a dude, you took a running back in the first round and you lost your entire offensive line last year. So... It's very rarely that a very rare that a third round pick that you are getting even on the offensive line is going to start. That's depth. Very rarely are you finding third round picks that become starters, especially on the offensive line. So they could be rotation guys, they could be depth guys. So they need to rebuild that offensive line for Najee Harris and of course for Big Ben, and they didn't do that early. Uh, New England just doesn't trade up. They trade back. It kind of worked for them this year, getting Mac Jones. We'll see how well that turns out. Uh, They also, you know, Belichick falls in love with certain guys and certain programs and coaches. Uh, He took Barnwell out of Alabama. He has a lot of character issues, so we'll see what happens with that. I love the young coaching staffs and general managers, though. I Again, Carolina with Matt Rule in his second year. Good draft. Atlanta. Uh, with Smith, his first draft, great. I think Urban did a good job at Jacksonville. He might have reached for ETN at the end of the first round, but at least he had a plan and he stuck with it. That's the key thing. You find your plan and you stick with it. If you always trade up, you trade up. If you always trade back, if you trade back. If you reach, you reach. But that's what you do. That's who you are. You're known to reach. You reach for guys you love, you go get them. But just have a plan and stick to it. Uh, San Diego's uh, first draft for the new coach is great. Miami, this is Flores' third draft. Love it. Cleveland's figuring it out. And Detroit, I thought they did a really good job. Of course, they were smart or got lucky that Penny Sewell just fell into the lap. Uh, And then, of course, they got Amon Ross St. Brown from USC, got him later on. And that, I think, was a great pickup. I think Amon Ra was a receiver that had some hits and misses early uh, in his years. But again, he was you know, I'm not playing with great quarterbacks. JT Daniels was a freshman, then he got hurt, and Slovis is hit and miss. But I think Amon Ra is a guy that can have a better pro career than he had as a college career. I think Michael Pittman, who played, graduated last year from SC, is doing great for Indianapolis. So a lot of interesting things are going to happen and come out as this draft, you know, continues to move forward. Uh, furthermore, I think it's quite interesting that you have to pay attention to how these drafts get organized and where are these kids coming from. So, you know, Alabama had six players in the first round that matched, I want to say 2004 Miami, 
And then, they, of course, the SEC has the most players drafted. But what you're noticing is that this notice the top teams that have drafted, the teams that have 10, 9, 8, or even over five players. These teams are in the college football playoff. You need playoff NFL players on your college football team to get to the playoff. You know, if, if you don't have play, NFL players, you have no chance to make it to the playoff. And that's where you're getting the big issue with, of course, the have and the have-nots of college football to where some teams take the field every year. I shouldn't say some teams. Most teams, other than probably six, take the field every year, and they're not going to raise the trophy. Because let's look at the draft. Stars matter. And the teams that are getting more stars and the teams that are getting more first-rounders are winning more consistently. And ironically, you're going to see that Oklahoma and LSU did not have a player in. The Oklahoma did not. LSU, I think, only had one player in the first round this year. That should tell you something that those teams are going to be really good next year because those teams usually have multiple first rounders. So they are bringing everyone back. So that could be kind of interesting that Oklahoma and LSU are two teams you might want to pay attention to early. Uh, next year uh, the other one would be Georgia because they lost some defensive players but it was late first round early second so they're returning a lot of players this year as well so again that's another thing you want to put early futures bets uh, for next year's college football champion something to think about I'm going to get into betting in the last little part of this today but again don't fool yourself you need NFL guys to win college football games and to win multiple playoff games and to win big college football games And a lot of these teams, if you're also noticing, are passing on guys who are really good in college but didn't even play on uh, college football teams that played in big games. Because that's a big thing now. How do guys perform when the chips are on the line, as they would say? Pressure, pressure pressure-packed games. You know, whether you win or loss, but you know what it's like to be in them. Uh, I think it was interesting that a lot of people are really, really high on Jalen Waddell. I, I love Jalen Waddle. You know, he was the guy, and then Devontae Smith came out, of, not necessarily nowhere, but he took that bigger role and took it to the next level and won the Heisman. But how good, I mean, the guy barely played and went sixth overall. You know, he played, you know, that was his freshman and sophomore year. But it's very interesting. He barely played last year. This might have been the best Alabama team in modern history or even college football history. And he gets drafted. Six, he's the first Bama player drafted, and he didn't play. He might have been their best player and didn't play last year. It's like that could have been scary. Uh, as I mentioned, had a plan and stick. Have a plan, stick to your plan. If you're known to trade up, trade up and get who you want. If you're known to reach, reach for who you want. You know, it's been noticed over the Mike Mayock and John Gruden regime. They reach early for players, especially off of Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State. They like them because they played in big games. And we'll see what happens, uh, how that works for them. I think it's smart that Atlanta, going with the Cal Pitts uh, selection at four, feels like they're actually still trying to win and not rebuilding. I mean, Matt Ryan's only 36. He's got at least four more decent years of good football in him. Julio Jones is still young. Calvin Ridley. Uh, they just signed a Mike Davis, so that'll help their their offense. They just got to actually be able to tackle someone and play some defense. But I like how they're still going for it in the NFC South. Again, the whole Justin Fields thing in Chicago—it's a win-win. 
If it works, the coach and GM keep their job. If it doesn't, they're gone. They're gone no matter what, and he gets a new coach, and the whole regime is over, and they start with Justin Fields. So it's a win-win for them. Again, think the Bengals should have flipped their first two picks. It, it's scary to realize, and from all the years, after all these years of mocking and all these years of laughing at them, Cleveland might have the best roster in the NFL. It is ridiculous the amount of talent that is on that roster on both sides of the ball, both sides of the ball, and the depth. And they made some great draft picks, and they got better. So again, it, after all the years of mocking and laughing, and they might be the best team in that division. The question is, are they going to be able to handle it? Are they going to have the fortitude to handle that pressure? Uh, and I think the Chargers might have the second best roster. I think the Chargers are ridiculous. There, I think the Chargers' problem is they just can't stay healthy, especially Derwin James. Derwin James might be the best safety in the league that hasn't played a lot for the past two years. I think it's very interesting to notice the difference between Seattle and Green Bay, where Seattle actually listened to Wilson and their three picks addressed their needs as well as their uh, issues in free agency have addressed their needs to help out their star quarterback. And Green Bay continues to have a infighting, you know, volatile relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I also found it quite unique about how the NFC East teams traded with each other in the first round. You know, they traded Dallas traded back with the Giants. The Giants traded back up with Philly. It was very interesting. Uh, I felt it was quite, you know, ironically how volatile that those rivalries are that, that they were willing to work with each other for the players they wanted. Which shows again, you know, you when you want a guy and you know you don't want someone, it, you should be willing to go back because if you're not looking for the same player, acquire picks and get what you need that's going to be better. So, uh, and then I think Tampa Bay just got like double double better with their draft and by the fact that they brought everyone back that's you know they're a favorite that might got might have gotten better on the offseason I think Kansas City will be a team you know usually I say the loser of the Super Bowl doesn't make the playoffs I think Kansas City is going to come back with a huge chip on their shoulder and might actually run through the league next year getting the tackles to help solidify Patrick Mahomes uh, to keep him upright addressing their needs in the draft especially in the, the secondary and the line on the line. I think they're going to be really good. I think Kansas City is going to be very dangerous. All right. Uh, a few things on odds. I do remember I mentioned about how, how to maybe look at how the draft affected a team, you know, who quote won the draft, draft and free agency together. That you always have to look at both sometimes. No, that's a contradiction. You should always look at both because the odds makers are going to look at not just who they got through free agency, but who teams drafted. So that might be a better way to grade the draft to see how odds may have changed. So for example, this was all prior uh, to April 29th, the start of the draft, and then I got these at the end, late last night. Okay, so prior to the draft, the Chiefs were at plus 600. Now they're plus 450, so their odds went down. Uh, the Buccaneers prior to the draft were at plus 1,300, now plus 700. Packers only went down from 800 to 900. And interesting, you know, interestingly enough, on some sites, you actually cannot bet on the Packers' win total because of the uncertainty with Rodgers, that they have actually taken them off the board because 
it would be considered a fair, an unfair bet for either for the house, most likely. And then the bills went from plus eleven to plus one thousand, plus eleven hundred to plus one thousand. So a little bit of a change. Not great changes, but again, what people like about the current team, and then what they added is a huge thing. All、oh, the Packers. Oh, here's on another side. I saw the Packers were plus nine hundred, and they also went to plus six hundred. So if you bet on them on one site, you actually can gain value on the Packers.、Uh, it's very use.、Uh, Very interesting that on the Super Bowl, the、uh, one side the Packers also had the odds drop to plus eleven hundred to Green Bay, and then also the Broncos odds shot up from plus six six thousand up to plus I want to say four thousand because they were linked to getting、uh, Rodgers possibly. So that was a unique little thing, little sidebar to pay attention of the Bears. Jumped from plus six to plus four after they submitted selected fields. Forty、uh, Niners saw a little bit of influx. I think they went up to plus fourteen hundred and were plus two thousand prior to the draft. Interesting enough, that's even Trey Lance, and he might not even play.、Uh, I think you have to really look at how these numbers are going to change, especially the last one I would check before you maybe if you want to bet now on futures, especially.、Uh, Winning the division and over/under win totals.、Uh, you might want to wait till next week when they have the、uh, schedule release show because that could be huge. Because we all know who the teams are going to play, you know, in division, across division, and across conference. But you don't know when and what are going to be the Monday night games, the Sunday night games, the Thursday night games. That also can affect, you know, how many road games in a row. You know, there are sometimes where you know you have to do the the east west coast trip, the west coast to east coast early start. You know that could be that's always the time the body clock game, as they say. So if you want to maybe wait until next、uh, Wednesday or Thursday to get the official lines, you also maybe some of the lines will change next week. I know an interesting one that came out just after the just after the Trevor Lawrence pick for Jacksonville. I think it was plus seven. Actually, the over under was seven and a half. I do believe.、Uh, I think that might be a、uh, one to take because I think they actually might. Because that division is pretty bad.、Uh, yes, you never know about Indy and Houston's going to be a win, and Tennessee is a, sometimes a Jekyll and Hyde team where you can sneak up on them. So, a、uh, unique thing that I have noticed over the past few years.、Uh, overall,、uh, the draft is fun. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Those three days.、Uh, again, I'm a draft junkie. I'm going to keep dissecting a lot more of this as it gets all down through the nitty gritty through the summer. I think again, smart coaches and teams drafted players that are going to benefit them. And I think it's something you definitely want to be aware of that sometimes if you didn't like the pick or weren't sure of the pick, remember sometimes the pick was because well that's what they really needed. So it might have been a reach, but they didn't need anything else. They needed that guy. So some teams got a player that they needed that you might not have felt was beneficial for them. For example, again going back to the Raiders, needed a lineman. They liked Leatherwood. He's from Bama. He played three years. was was solid. He's going to work for them. At least that's their goal. Hope you guys enjoyed the draft. I really do、uh, love it. I think it's going to be a huge,、uh, 
a, just a bigger spectacle. Next year, it's back in Vegas. I actually want to sh- go to one of the days and check it out. I know you need tickets to kind of get down where all the uh, the fans are down there, but it's kind of fun to hang out down wherever it's going to be and just see what's happening and just get the vibe of the strip at the drafts in town. Uh, other than that, I hope you guys all have a lovely, tremendous day. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the draft, and I will talk to you guys soon.